I need to take Ashwa, what? It's rare that we push taking dietary supplements as a primary way to boost mental wellness. So the fact that we're doing a whole episode on this naturopathic supplement should tell you a lot. In today's episode, we're talking about ashwagandha, the adaptogen that's recently skyrocketed in popularity and its powerful potential to help you manage stress and anxiety. Let's dive in. Today, Carolyn, we are talking about ashwagandha. Okay, so if you are thinking ashwa, what? We are going to explain to you what it is. Take it away, Carolyn. Ashwagandha is a plant that's been used in, oh gosh, Ayurvedic medicine. And it has become known as what's been coined the term adaptogens as part of one of one of the adaptogens. Other adaptogens out there that you may have heard of are ginseng, turmeric, holy basil, licorice root, rhodiola, goji berries. Basically, adaptogens are herbs and roots that improve an individual's ability to cope with stress. So when you are stressed, supposedly taking these herbs can help normalize all those physiological processes that are going on in the body and help the body adapt to those changes better. So what I think is so interesting, though, about adaptogens is that they're not new per se, but in our world of nutrition, I think the easiest way to explain it to people is they are like the Gen Z hip term for supplements. Oh, you're probably right. I mean, they are supplements. That's what they are. And like, they are. And from a government standpoint, you know, which sounds weird to say it like that, but they fall under the category of supplements. Which is probably why maybe you've encountered medical professionals, other dietitians who may be very wary of them. And that's probably because they fall under the supplement umbrella. Right. And so they're not as well regulated. But now you talk to like a naturopathic physician, they will tell you that there are some amazing benefits to adaptogens, including ashwagandha, and also that they have been used in medicine for, as you already said this, yeah, forever. I was paying attention, I promise. Oh, geez. You're giving me all the hard words today. Naturopathic. Naturopathic. <laughs> medicine is a medical philosophy where you try to improve health and treat diseases mainly by helping the body help itself to recover from injury and illness. You're not suppressing something. You're not amplifying something. You're not covering something You're not adding chemicals in. You're just just supporting what's already there and what's designed to work well. Right, like what your body knows. Your body knows what to do, and now you're giving it like a little extra oomph. Yeah. It really is the most (laughs) widely used and extensively studied adaptogen when you look at that, the the group of adaptogens that I listed earlier. Um, And it has, oh, geez, I'm going to let you read this because, you know, I'm going to. It has so many different potential effects. Adaptogenic, antioxidant, anti-cancer, antioxalytic, which I believe is anti-anxiety. Yeah. Antidepressant, cardioprotective, thyroid modulating, immunomodulating, antibacterial, antifungal, anti-inflammatory, neuroprotective, cognitive enhancing, and a hematopoietic agent, which I think means maybe lowers your blood pressure a little. All I have to say is I feel like we need to include a glossary of terms in the show notes now. Basically, can we just say it pretty much like... Supports a, like all the... You got a problem, it's it probably got, supports it. It's got some great, great things that it yeah. can do. 
the benefits when it comes to your mental health? Yeah. I would say across the board, the biggest thing that just jumps out to you in anything you read, particularly in research, is its effect on stress and its stress-reducing qualities and the fact that it helps your body cope with that stress. doesn't get rid of the stress, but it helps your body's natural reactions um, and physiological, you know, changes. It helps your body with those, manage those a little better. Yes, that is like the underlying theme or the through line here of what ashwagandha does. You know, your stress response can kind of, it tends to, when it's prolonged stress, it sticks around and it can kind of start spiraling out of control and slowly lead just complete lead to complete exhaustion and you know there was a research study that kind of summarized it and says it helps your body stabilize that prolonged response to stress um, which can then help improve your resistance towards stress and the biggest thing in regards to stress that it seems to do is it lowers your cortisol level and that's huge right yeah that is really huge well it uh, to people listening, the, probably what they're going to think when they hear cortisol is weight gain or fat gain, particularly in your middle section. And that's what the cortisol is often related to. Because when you have extended periods of stress, your cortisol stays elevated and it does it um, promotes fat accumulation, particularly in the middle section. Okay, but we are also not saying that ashwagandha reduces belly fat because we did not look into that. So that is just a small disclaimer. No, but it <laughs> does lower cortisol. cortisol. And we so like to lower cortisol. So, Carolyn, let's talk a, like talk a little bit about how cortisol works in stress and in like stressed people and non-stressed okay. people. What happens in a non-stressed person? Not me and you. In a yeah, non-stressed exactly. person, with and if you're not stressed, and you would most likely have normal circadian rhythms, those biorhythms kind of that internal clock of your body. Right. Okay. Wakes you up, helps you go to sleep. Yes. Keeps you like for example on an even keel. It makes it increases melatonin production later in the day and at night and that's designed to help you go to sleep. Right. You know? Okay. So in a non stressed person with normal circadian ry- rhythms, cortisol is high in the morning. That's the way it was designed to kind of get you going, moving, that kind of thing. It's high in the morning, and it tends to decrease in the afternoon, and it really kind of bottoms out around 11 p.m. So that Perfect you can go to sleep. Timing I, to make sure you're sleeping. Talk about well designed. Okay, but an effect of stress especially ongoing stress, is that cortisol tends to peak in the afternoon instead of going down. So it peaks in the um, afternoon. And so they suggest that supplementation, and a lot of times what you will hear suggested, we'll get more into that, is to take um, a dose in the morning and then one around lunch or early afternoon or in the afternoon, that supplementation with ashwagandha can help your stress because it helps to offset that cortisol peak in the afternoon. Which is, I mean, that's perfect. So there are also, though, some studies that have looked at t- at supplementing with ashwagandha and how people and animals react to stress. Yeah. So... One study that we found it was it it was it's a little bit older, um, but it was a very very well designed study, and that's because it was what's called the double blind placebo controlled 
study. So that is like the quote unquote, like gold standard of research. And it was a two month study. And they gave one group ashwagandha, they gave another group a placebo. And what they found though, with the ashwagandha group is that by the end of the study, by day 60, there was a a significant reduction in stress scores. Significant as in? As in like their people's stress scores went down by 64%. Damn. I know. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Like it was statistically I can't imagine what I'd be like that. But also what like. I be? I know this isn't a very scientific approach, but almost like what do you have to lose if it has real right. little to no side effects? That's actually a great way to put it. What do you, what do you have to lose? Yeah. You know, it's kind of like taking a multivitamin. What do you have to lose? Yeah. I don't know if it's going to do much. Right. What do you have to lose? But what do you have to lose? You might as well try it. Yeah. And in this particular study, too, they actually did go on and look at cortisol levels. And they saw that cortisol levels in the ashwagandha group dropped as well. Not only did their, like, quote-unquote test scores on their, like, stress levels lower, but so did their actual hormone, stress wow. hormone. And if you think about it, like, most issues today there's a major stress component in all chronic diseases and you know and you're seeing those cortisol levels rise and this is huge if an adaptogen like this could potentially even do half of what the results yeah. in this study suggest yeah but anyway like so if you think about it from your perspective right like if you are supplementing with ashwagandha not only are you potentially lowering your current stress but then if you're consistent with it right and then you go into a stressful period or a stressful like snapshot in your day in theory right it should kind of help you just cruise through it and not maybe react in the way that I do when something very stressful hits me unexpectedly I'm just sitting here thinking imagine if I had Done with what you'd wanted me to do. Done an adaptogen episode specifically on ashwagandha in this, this past spring. And then I'd have ashwagandha. Just majority just 2021. Pulsing through your veins. Right. Right. Yeah. I can't even imagine. I don't want to go there and think about it. I still think you would have um, probably thrown a lot of money out the window because <laughs> you had some unexpected expenses. Not but by choice. But you might have taken it a little bit better. Maybe. Yes. No promises. And maybe my anxiety might have been a little better because... Oh, my gosh. That's the perfect segue. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, ashwagandha is also associated with helping manage or reduce anxiety. And there's not much research on depression, but there is some research to suggest um, that it can help reduce depression scores. Yeah. Yeah, that so that same study that I already talked about, that gold standard, double-blind, placebo-controlled study, They, like I said, they looked at anxiety and depression, too. And they found that in that ashwagandha group, there was um, their depression scores reduced by 77%, and their anxiety scores reduced by almost 76%. So, like, big, big changes in their depression and anxiety to summarize the people who took ashwagandha for 60 days they had a 77 percent reduction in depression according to the measure that was used a 76 percent reduction in anxiety and a 64 percent reduction in stress yeah 
That's big. That's huge. huge oh, and huge. a 28% reduction in cortisol. Right. Yeah. So that those cortisol numbers went down 28%, yeah. which is like hard, hard, you know, yeah. measure there too. One thing that I thought was interesting. Now, it was some other research and it was done in animals, but I just thought this was so interesting. It suggested that ashwagandha, ashwagandha can be almost as effective in managing anxiety as prescription drugs such as Xanax and Valium mm-hmm. and Ativan. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's obviously like preliminary, but very, very cool when you think about what it what it can I mean, that do. ashwagandha had a Xanax-like effect on that little rat. That's pretty substantial. That's true. <laughs> when you put it like that, oh, gosh, I'm so happy for that rat. I know. There's just a lot of potential. And then, you know, as we said earlier, there are very, appear to be very few contraindications. The very, really the only thing that I saw was that if you take a high dose, it may cause a little GI discomfort or distress at times and you may so you may need to taper back if you do decide to take it some and you know go more slowly in your dosing and it also one study did say that it was part of the nightshade family technically now you're taking the leaves or the roots and you're grinding them up and drying there's a lot of processing um you well, know yes and sometimes it the way that it's processed and the form in which you take it, it could be even more pure, which we'll yes. get into that in a minute. Yeah. But still. But nightshades are your tomatoes, your peppers, your eggplants. They're this group of produce that it, they don't they don't bother most people, but particularly sensitive people and sensitive I mean people usually with autoimmune conditions, their body is just hypersensitive to irritants um, and tends to react to things. So if, if nightshades bother anybody, it is often people with autoimmune conditions, and it just kind of makes their symptoms flare. And it's, But it's usually not every vegetable or item in the nightshade family. You know, sometimes people can eat tomatoes, but they can't eat eggplant, and, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, but it technically falls in the nightshade family. So there was a little thing that, you know, if you have an autoimmune condition, you know, just be careful. Watch for potential Irritation. If you have some irritation, then that's probably not a good supplement for you. Yeah. It may not so bother you at all. You could try it. You could keep an eye out. And then if you feel like you're noticing something. Yeah, if you notice a little bit of flare-up in your symptoms or something. Right. You just quit. It, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Pull back on. Get rid of. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, let's talk about dosing Yeah. how to take it. Yeah, when to take it. So the biggest thing is that consistency is key. Like when we talked about that, that study of 60 days, like those folks took it every day. And, and the point is, is that if you're just like sprinkling it in to your smoothie every, you know, few days or once a week, you're really not going to reap the benefits. Like when I've spoken with a naturopathic doctor, like she had said, it's something that you need to take every day for a few weeks to really see the benefit of so that's number one be consistent yeah so I started taking it and I wasn't being very consistent and you know it, I mean I've only been taking this for like two weeks now and yeah. maybe you just get back on the that train. I've kind of been consistent but I did realize that when especially when I started reading preparing for this episode like really it looks like you really see those pronounced benefits starting at around two months I, I you may feel some, you know, within the first month, but you really have to be consistent. Yeah. Which is, a ch- 
always challenging for me with something like this. But consistent. I feel like it's challenging for anybody when it comes to a supplement because it's just something else that you're adding to your routine. But nevertheless, because it, I mean, it is, it's like taking a medication in the same way, you know, like. Yeah. You still, I still take my Zoloft. Yeah. And, I, you know, this is probably a good something, a good comparison to antidepressants. If you ever taking antidepressants or anti-anxiety, they're very subtle, you mm-hmm. know, like, and it's, it's a slow build up, And it's kind of like one day you kind of like wake up and you're like, I feel good. Yeah. You know, and it's like, and you start thinking, I don't think I need this. Well, yeah, you do. You do. Yeah. yeah. When, cause when that's you why you stop feel good. It, yeah. Yeah. But it, it, it kind of just, it, it takes the edge off. And most of the studies that I found, I don't know, I'm interested to hear what you found, um, suggested a 300 milligram dose. If you're taking it by capsule, you're going to talk about the liquid form in a second, but um, 300 milligrams um, in the morning and then one in the afternoon. Yeah. You know, what I saw was a was a very wide range for, and this was mostly when I looked at the review study, it had a really nice breakout of like what the dosage was. And they ranged really from 125 milligrams a day being at the like lowest level up to 12,000 milligrams a day. Yeah. Which, so- I saw in some of the depression studies where it had a, a significant reduction in depression that the up they gave 500 to 600. So I would kind of say probably 125 to 500 is probably a safe range. And did you say you saw 300 twice a day? Uh-huh. Yeah. And so when I look at this, like they did have um, – they there were two studies that looked at 600 milligrams a day, which is exactly what you said. So it seems like maybe that's the sweet spot. I think the thing to remember, like you you and I know this, but for like listeners just to remember, is that sometimes in studies they do push up the dosage because they, they want to see some results. Yeah. And they need to see like a statistically significant amount. So they go or effect rather. So they, they tend to kind of like push the envelope and go a little higher. And we've talked about that with other supplements um when we talked about other supplement studies for someone who just maybe wants to try what did you say maybe 125 to 300 starting out yeah yeah and so like and you were saying right for stress like take it in the morning um with your breakfast is what i've heard from naturopathic physicians okay that's what you were also seeing like take it you know in the morning and then in the afternoon to potentially to help like you know um get that cortisol get that cortisol down like you know lower that peak but also um, for sleep, if you want to try and take it to improve sleep, some some um, naturopathic physicians recommend taking it at night to help with your sleep. So, yeah, that's the it does. There is some research suggesting it can help with insomnia. Yeah. OK, so I take it in capsule when you interviewed uh, an expert, a naturopathic doctor, they suggested the liquid form. Right. Yeah, she she said that generally liquid versions are going to be more pure than a powder. And that's not because there's like contaminants in them. I don't mean like pure as in like better for you and less contaminated. It's more that when a liquid extract is made, they have this ability to pull out the medicinal components that they want and also eliminate the ones that they don't want. So when you come to powders, 
Your liquid they, just is stronger. The liquid is stronger, right. Like a powder is typically the ground up root mm-hmm. of it. Or um, it's so it's like the in, the or it's the entire herb with other adaptogens. So you will have fewer of those like helpful bioactive compounds in there. In the powder version, you'll also probably get some other some other stuff, which could be helpful or not. I that I can't really speak to. But whole point being is that like the liquid version is likely going to be more pure and concentrated for those like helpful bioactive yeah. compounds that are in ashwagandha. A word of warning. I don't know how um, how good it tastes though the liquid form because I don't know if you know this but um ashwagandha the literal meaning of it is smell of a horse (laughs) partly because it smells like that partly because way back it's like known to provide vitality and it would provide strength and vitality akin to that in a horse this is but, why I wish we had a video behind this because the look on my face, like I grew <laughs> up riding horses and actually Madeline, your daughter rides horses. And it's like, let me tell you, there is like a nostalgic, you know, element to the scent of a horse and a well, barn. Look, but there's even also with my like capsules a, right here. Smell I this. I don't want to. It's not great. It smells like it smells like it smells a brown like, supplement. It smells like, you know, like a grassy hay or something. Alfalfa. Not alfalfa, but yeah, it, it's it does not, not the, smell great. I mean, I can smell the capsules. Which, I mean, it's not a problem to take them, but I'm just a little worried that liquid, you may be, need to have some real, real strong stomach. Yeah, I think, I think maybe we need to go purchase some liquid ashwagandha and take it on video. We can do that. Yeah. We can do that. And then lastly, we just want to put out a disclaimer. This is, this is just kind of a review of what we found in research, our anecdotal experience as well. And it's really important to realize that this ultimately is a dietary supplement. And they're a lot less regulated than prescription medications or even over-the-counter medications. Right. Exactly. So you want to do your research. Look at the company that's making it. Also, talk to your practitioner. Mention it to your pharmacist um, just to see, make sure it won't potentially interact with any other medications or, or health conditions. Right. Or that, that exactly, that it, like, is it a time in life where you have something going on with your health that would make it important to not yeah. be taking yeah. an adaptogen or perhaps the reverse? But most importantly, if you're taking a medication, it really is important to talk to your doctor and talk to your pharmacist and make sure that it's, yes. there's not a, a problem. Yeah. Which applies to all supplements. Really. Well, maybe we need to have a follow-up in about seven weeks. We should. When I've been on it. I, I, we're going to get you on it. We're going to get you some liquid, and then we'll have a follow-up. I know, because you know I love a liquid supplement. I know. I, I just know. I don't like swallowing the pill. Anyway. Okay. Well, that's ashwagandha. I'm sorry I put this episode off for so long, Briarly. Well, I'm just glad we finally did it. And frankly, I really want to know if our listeners have tried it or if they do like what versions and brands they like. Because you and I haven't, we haven't like personally like dove into the different adaptogens, you know, adaptogens and the different companies that make ashwagandha. I mean, heck, you can, you can buy ashwagandha at Target apparently. Can you grow it? I don't know. (laughs) I can't keep, keep, I should have asked that. I can't keep anything alive. I don't It doesn't matter. Yeah. (laughs) I'm doing good with two kids. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Okay. Well, 
Thanks for listening, and we look forward to talking to you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for the Happy Eating Podcast. I'm Briarly Horton. And I'm Carolyn Williams. If you liked this week's episode, then don't forget to rate and leave us a review on iTunes. And be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll never miss a new episode. We can't wait to have you back at our table next week for a brand new episode. Bye. Bye. The contents discussed in the Happy Eating Podcast, such as advice, studies, text, graphics, images, and other material discussed or presented on the site or podcast are for informational purposes only. Content is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your mental health professional or other qualified health providers with any questions you may have regarding your condition. Never disregard professional advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on the Happy Eating Podcast. If you are in crisis or think you may have an emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. If you're having suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK, that's 8255, to talk to a skilled, trained counselor at the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. If you are located outside the United States, call your local emergency line immediately.